0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Um, We've just got one more session uh, today. And it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Nathan Narousis, who's uh, flown in from Canada to be with us. Nathan um, uh, is going to talk to us about the ABC of investment in bullion at BMG. That's the Bullion Management Group. Nathan.
1: Thank you. Well, this is going to be a very uh, uh, brief and uh, straightforward presentation in contrast to some of the more complex and subtle <laughs> <than> things. <laughs> for those of you who are not uh, uh, great and longtime students of gold, who are here uh, to to learn about the subject, I commend all of you for uh, the mental effort that it took to uh, to digest a lot of what you've heard today. So, um, we have been doing it for many, many years, it's uh, second nature. Uh, my name is Nathan Nerusis, and I work, I sell gold for Bullion Management Group, a Canadian company. And uh, before I forget, our uh, local representative, Louis Boulanger, if you stand up, Louis, uh, our New Zealand and Australia representatives are here. For those uh, of you who live uh, in this uh, region, for you to deal with. Now, I think he's going to use it. Uh, before I talk about the means by which you can own gold and silver bullion through our company, I'll just say a couple of words about the issues that both uh, both Braun and Rudy raised uh, in their presentations. Uh, I have to admit that I agree with what Rudy said about their, uh, how, much, how much there is to be said for buying gold very privately, keeping it in your own possession, simplifies things, and you at least know uh, what you've got and you're in charge of it. Uh, we find that the people using our service to buy and store bullion in Canada are people that already have as much gold buried in the backyard as they want, or in the basement, or, uh, And it becomes uh, an issue of uh, uh, the control is good, but now you begin to be worried about who exactly knows that you have it buried there, and uh, that kind of that kind of problem. So it's a peace of mind issue for people. Not to take anything away from what Rudy said. Now. Uh, on the other hand, going in the opposite direction up the up the chain of security, uh, as Braun has uh, pointed out, uh, the way the Perth Mint is organized, relying on the London uh, bullion markets, there is a certain amount of uh, uh, confidence there that as long as the financial system keeps functioning on some level, that everything is there and your gold is back and it's fine and it's deliverable in a reasonable amount of time. But we lie between those two positions on the sort of the security pyramid, if if you picture coins in your own hands as the base of the pyramid and maybe gold futures or penny mining stocks as the peak of the pyramid uh, in terms of uh, risk and uh, reward. We're uh, just above the base. We sell uh, gold, silver and platinum bars. We deal in the thousand ounce silver bars and the kilogram gold bars and we also sell the hundred and four hundred ounce gold bars as well for larger purchases. Uh, We store them, uh, we buy the metal through one of the few bullion banks in the world, the Scotia Bank in Canada, they are our bullion bank um, uh, dealer and we rent the vault space from them to store the metal that you buy through us but when you buy it through us you have 100% title to a specific bar. We send you what we call a bullion deed and it will state on the deed here is the exact manufacturer, the serial number, the weight if it's not a standardized bar, the kilogram bars are standardized, but uh, some of you may know if you get into larger bars, they vary. Uh, they're not exactly 100 or 400 or thousand ounces. You have the exact weight and it's evidence of your ownership. If the bank of Nova Scotia, uh, the Scotia Bank, were to go under or if BMG, our private company were to go under, it doesn't matter because you that's your asset and nobody else has any claim on. It. Now the costs involved in uh, yes,' I'll, sorry I'll leave, uh, I'll leave time for questions here. I don't have a lot more to say. The costs involved in purchasing uh, bars through us, Uh, you are going to be paying uh, 4% over spot, uh, spot as given us by the Bullion Bank, so you're getting the institutional spot rate, 4% over spot to purchase, (coughs) 1.5% a year to store through us, and should you decide to sell, there will be a 1% charge to sell, so you'll get spot minus 1%. Now I hasten to say we are not a trading vehicle, there are other vehicles out there if you're looking to jump in and out of the gold market and uh, <coughs> want to try and time it, there are other vehicles for that. We are meant to be part of your core holding for your net worth, uh, meant to be held until either this crisis is resolved uh, favorably uh, or uh, we end up on some sort of new gold standard. Uh, the, uh, the delivery of the bars can also be uh, done right to you if you want now it's easy to say that in north america however i've come to realize that it's expensive to ship things to australia Uh, it is technically feasible however the cost may be more than you're willing to pay but it can be done so you also have that option uh if you want to take delivery right from the get-go or if you want to take delivery at some point after you buy stop paying to have a store Uh, I think I've covered everything that I wanted to uh, say about the company. Oh, uh, yes, I guess I'd only add that uh, if, you, if you take delivery, some of you may be familiar with uh, how the, uh, the good delivery chain works, once you take delivery of the metal, it, it breaks the chain. Uh, we can't accept metal back in for storage because it would have to go through assay. Uh, the bullion banks uh, and the refiners and the delivery companies uh, they form a sort of a sealed uh, uh, universe uh, and the bars trade within it. Uh, all the volume all the banks are approved, all the vaults are approved, all the refiners and the assayers and the transporting companies are approved, and once you take it out of that, you're on your own. You know, you have, you'd have to deal with a regular point store. Uh, I don't expect that to be an enormous problem, but that's an issue that we can't guarantee anymore. Uh, the, um, uh, the last thing the last thing that I want to mention was the um, oh yeah just just the actual process that's involved. It's similar to opening a uh, a brokerage account for trading stocks. You would fill out our application form, takes a few days to process, you get the account open. At that point you wire in the money from uh, your bank. We only accept US dollars and only accepted by a wire transfer and then, once the money is received by us, then it's a matter of a phone call. We'll quote you the uh, price for what gold is trading. You let us know what you're willing to pay uh, above that. We get the order done and send the send the excess surplus money back to you. We retain a bit of uh, money to pay for the first year of storage. Uh, and that's it. Done. It's not quite as um, straightforward as simply buying a stock where you can get an instant to uh, fill on the phone, but that's how it's done. And uh, should you choose to sell it, then same thing. Wire the money directly back to your bank. Of course, we have to comply with the money laundering laws. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and just on that note, somebody may be wondering how private is the information. We are not required to report uh, that you have purchased gold and are storing it through us. We're required to port, report what we consider our suspicious transactions. Uh, so if you say that uh, the source of your money is a gift from the uh, crown prince of Nigeria or something like that, and uh, you know that's that's going to be suspicious, but. In most circumstances, of course, it's uh, just an ordinary transaction. So that's all that I have to say about that. Uh, It's one level, in summary, it's one level up from holding it in your own hands, and uh, a bit of international diversification, a bit of political diversification maybe, uh, and that's what we have to offer. Uh, Professor?
2: Uh, To your knowledge, are there any counterfeit Canadian maple leaf coins out there? Uh, well uh, uh, I have a second part sure uh, there are rumors that in Asia they found or uh, uh, they found uh, good delivery gold bars which were stuffed with tungsten. Could you comment on that as well
1: well the uh, I do not know how often uh, that the, the, the good delivery chain will pull bars and check them and uh, melt them down and then, uh, re-pour them just to check on in the integrity of its uh, its system. I think that uh, I can make an argument though just I guess from first principles or however you want to say it, uh, that the integrity of the system is so strong that I think if um, uh, any bar were to get in. Like that, uh, and uh, it were discovered, and news got out. I mean, in other words, I suspect those rumors are not true. I, I think if word of that did get out, that could uh, undermine the entire financial system almost overnight. But I do not know how often they check uh, the bars that way. To check. I, well, well the, uh, I, sorry, let me uh, say one more thing uh, before I answer that question. You have random checks built into the system. Uh, just by the fact that the 1,000 ounce silver bars are industrial bars and some of the gold bars are also being bought in larger quantities by larger jewelry manufacturers. So again there is a sort of a, uh, you know, a, a check where bars are periodically melted down and not just stored. So you have, I don't know, that might be 2, 3, 4, 5% of bars that are getting melted down like that on a regular basis. So you already have a random um, uh, check on the system that way. I suspect that it is the job of the assayers uh, at the time that the bars are made uh, to check that, but I don't know the answer to that. But I have asked that question myself of coin dealers. Uh, so <coughs> Louis, go ahead. i just like to add that uh, it's, not, it's an interesting story about the tungsten, but you don't need to melt the bar to right find out whether it's tungsten or not. Uh, the electrical resistance is significantly different. Than uh, yes. Everybody talks about assaying a bar. How much does that cost? Do well, have afraid, idea? I was afraid somebody would ask me that question. <laughs> I do not know, and I've never been able to get a straight answer, even dealing with the uh, coin stores directly. I actually took um, some uh, silver bars of my own to check mm-hmm. this, and I took them to one large coin dealer, and he said, Oh yeah, those are real, uh, we'll, we'll buy them from you. And I said, no, no. I said, how much? I said, I'd like to go and get an assay." Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, well, there's a place uh, downtown where you can do that. So I took it to them. And uh, the, the fellow behind the counter said, okay, oh, yeah, those are real. We'll buy them from you. And I said, well, no, I'm not going to sell it. I'm just looking. Like, I wouldn't mind having it assayed to know whether I have a real one. And I'm willing to pay for that. And so he called the guy in from the back. And the guy came up. And he looked at it. He looked at the cereal. And he said, you know, I think I actually poured this bar on myself. <laughs> small community, but they were not interested in, uh, and I had also taken some, uh, <laughs> uh, junk, uh, some, uh, some junk quarters in uh, the, uh, Canadian and American, I suspect uh, the rest of the world probably have junk quarters that are 80 or 90% silver from you know 40 years ago, and I said, uh, now I said, uh, these, you know, I'm, you know, I'm more confident that these would be hard to fake, I said, but could I get these melted down, and of course there's a law against the destruction of currency. And so he was explaining, well, we would have to ship them out of the country to do that. Uh, and the American ship theirs to Canada to do that, because that way they get around the law of you know, a citizen destroying his own currency. But I, I stopped at that point, because I, I realized that uh, it's... I had satisfied myself at that point that uh, the, uh, there's enough of a spot check, as I said, on it, you know, a thousand ounce bar. A hundred ounce bar is a silver, I don't know, it's a different matter. I suppose silversmiths would buy those... And so there's a check on those that way. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's, uh, you can't have, I mean, it, it, it would be along the same lines of, uh, who was it, uh, Tylenol 30 or 40 years ago when somebody uh, poisoned or with Tylenol and, and somebody died and it took them a long time to rebuild the brand. There, It's, it's the sake of the entire financial system uh, at stake. And that gives enormous incentive for um, for the people internally working it to make sure it works. And at the same time, <coughs> I think that you know, it would be very, very complex and difficult to try and introduce any amount of, of uh, fake bars in the system and not expect that at least one or two of them would be discovered. And that's, mm. and that's all it would take. So, uh, yes. yeah, I, would, I would back that up. I mean, <clears throat> when
3: um, Australia, is, Australia is not a major s- primary producer of silver. So when we're really busy and people buying lots of silver coins, we are shipping physical bars in. So we ship in lots of 20 tons. So, you know, the bars that are sitting in the London system, especially with silver, I mean, you know, they don't know which... those bars that have been delivered in there originally by somebody who's trying to fake it, they don't know that in the end that's not going to come back to us. And we know because we melt every one of them because we've got to make coins out of them. So, and we've never had, you know, out of all the tons that we've shipped in, we've never had a bar that's, that's been fake.
2: It would be less likely to be sold with silver than
4: gold. Though, yeah. It?
3: Yeah. Well, less likely, but no. it's all same with gold. No, I'm all. I, I uh, don't know
4: yes. whether Dave Evans is here, but um, um, he did forward a link to Labour Control Cafe uh, in relation to a Chinese company who were advertising their services for yeah. tungsten filled gold bags. Again, when you take delivery of gold, how do you, you check it? I mention it because my family, my sister, has a big factory they recover gold and silver from electronic waste right. and uh, we are forced, we also buy a scrap metal from, let's uh, say, uh, steel and stainless steel right. and the Japanese client insists we buy a Oxford metal analyzer which uh, you just press a button with mild x-ray and uh, they just come out with a window how many percent uh, gold? How many percent silver? And I checked with the uh, I bought the silver coin from me as a thing. When I, I press it, it's 99%. I mean, it's accurate enough. <laughs> well, I mean, if you put something in, you take jewelry. You, you can buy a machine. It's about 120,000 ringgit, which is 30,000 US. And we are forced to buy one of these small size.
1: Cost of a car. Well, I guess uh, if what your question. I'm to you is how can we be sure if you take delivery of gold from BMD that we're not salting the bar or or, or in a uh, fake bar? You know, I, I guess buy one of the machine and we can check. That. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody could. Yeah, I, I was just going to say it's our reputation on the line. I mean, we're certainly not going to release anything out of the good delivery chain that is, uh, you know, I mean, it would be destructive to our company. You're, you're you're getting the gold to take delivery from us. There. may
2: this a little. off topic. Yes. All right, But you know, you were talking. We hear about this the integrity of the chain, you know, the post system, the integrity of it. And, and then listening to Braun uh, talking about the, uh, you know, the, the, how how they have to deal with the, I mean, the moment by moment price moves. So they're I I got this vision of they're so tightly controlled. They know where their exposure is. They don't want to have to be long here. They don't because they, they get caught, they can lose a lot of money. All right. And then, uh, and you're from Canada, all right? Well, evidently the Royal Canadian Mint is missing 117,000 ounces of gold. Missing, all right? And I thought it was a little to think anyway. But then when Ron started describing the
4: process by which the internal controls are there, they're audited, they have treasury, they're making sure they're not exposed here, not exposed that. I go, wow,
2: that's, that's a half a ton. That's basically for the guy to draw it out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> or, or, hey,
3: that's, that's, that's a real thing. Here, take a few for yourself. You know? And you hear about it, Well, you know, but, but I, my point on that, and not to slide out competitors, but I can't help myself. But, <laughs> but, but, but they. But, they don't employ a metals accountant and they don't they have accountants but they don't do it the way that we do it. And they don't have a treasury department like us. So now their operation is slightly different in its way. So looking at that report that was released, which you know we latched onto and all oh, that's great, that's yeah. how you run your business, is very interesting. You know, I think they do it a little bit differently. So, you know, yeah, we're very paranoid
1: about that. Yeah. Uh, can I yeah, I'll uh yeah. It's, it's actually, I guess, when I when I talk about the good the delivery chain for metal that's trading within it being proper, it, it cannot guarantee the integrity of, of what happens within a company. All, all I was saying is that if a, if a bar is going to enter the system, it comes from the mint, if the mint itself in whatever country is so poorly run that it loses half a ton of gold, you know, that's the mint's problem and the shareholders are the mint's problem. The I mean, we're, yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't affect, we. When Scotia Makata sources bars for us, they may come from anywhere in the world, as long as they're within the good delivery chain, and they may even come from the Royal Canadian Mint. But it's going to be a real bar that comes in there. The fact that the Royal Canadian Mint may have lost a whole number of other bars—that's you know, the unfortunate problem of the taxpayers of Canada, I guess, if they're from an own entity. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's properly all that is, is that it's uh, the good delivery chain makes sure that when physical gold changes hands, it's, they don't, it doesn't need to be asked. Uh, If they can lose 150 uh, million ounce or whatever, half a ton,
5: they can certainly gain half ton of tungsten. So I think that you guys need to look at this and do some uh, beating and testing and flexing and then come up with a report, 100% survey, all guaranteed pure, and you're going to grab the market share. Mm -hmm. And sorry, it wasn't so long ago just to pick up the two points about the mints that uh, locally in Canberra we had a worker with the Canberra mint who found themselves in jail because when they carried their plastic lunchbox into work with their sandwiches, they took it home at the end of each day full of $2 gold coins. And that went on for quite some time. It was only discovered when the person concerned was buying, making larger purchases and paying for them by handfuls of $2 coins. So it can happen to the best of institutions. But I wonder about being off topic and thinking about being off topic if if someone carrying the weight that I was carrying was silly enough to sign up for the world's longest transcontinental bike race, the Trans-Canada bike race, which I think is about 4,300 kilometres, a fair sort of test, and you happen to be pedalling past the headquarters, your headquarters, and decided that your bike bag was too light and you wanted to get a bit of extra weight in there. So if I blew into the front door with my receipt that you sent me earlier for the kilo that I bought showing the number, can I say thank you, I'll save yourself the delivery cost, I'll take delivery right now to this bar, put it
1: in my bag and head away? Well the procedure for, I can't say that I'm familiar with the exact procedure, you would probably have to, well actually you submit it, you, you submit your request to redeem it along with your certificate and if you wanted to come by and pick it up in person rather than paying shipping costs and downtown Toronto, uh, you know you should be able to pick it up right because that's where it's stored, right in uh, Switch Bank Hall in downtown Toronto, so you should. You know, that would just save you shipping costs. You but, you, but you'd have to. You you would have to. Let no, us know ahead So uh, that's. But I can't. My main job, I'll confess, my main job is selling to uh, the uh, investment advisor selling our mutual fund. Uh, a bars dealer is something that I do as well, but it's uh, not really. We are, our company has about three hundred million or so Australian uh, dollars, I think, worth of mutual fund, where again, a gaming fund this worth the bars. And I have to, I have to, oh, sorry, Louis, Louis has the full answer. So <coughs> as a dealer,
6: it's um, just as straightforward to make a purchase as it is to make a sale from bars. And, and um, to take delivery, um, you know, you can take delivery in Toronto or you can take delivery where you reside. But obviously if you're going to travel to Toronto, then you have to meet that cost. Just you know. Maybe more than the cost them delivering the medal, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, if your intention is to come back to Australia with the medal, you have to inquire about you know coming back to the country with it. You know, and I don't know the law here in Australia, but some countries uh, could be quite expensive to come into the country with more than say a kilo or two. Uh, even that. So these things you have to think about in advance
4: update delivery. deliver. Yes. Do you want to talk about a point of difference or relative balance? Because I think there are other companies similar to, to yours like
5: um,
1: mm-hmm. Building Vault or Gold Money and this or thing. Or Certainly. What I know of the competing companies is that uh, they are able to offer gold purchase and storage or gold trading accounts at much lower cost because uh, it's a pooled account. Uh, with us there is no doubt about what metal is yours uh, with a pooled account you simply have a <coughs> excuse me a claim on metal with that company that you've contracted with if something happens to that company you know uh, then you are you know you, you wait for the resolution of that bankruptcy or cease trade order or whatever uh, before you can access your metal where it's when you own it directly, you know you can take possession of it or uh, or sell it to us. There's no uh, there's no issue, and so you you get what you pay for. You get a lower cost and a greater convenience, no different than the uh, the difference between the GLD uh, uh, ETF and uh, you know an investment a uh, gold vehicle where you know it trades on a secondary market, where they actually own the metal and have it stored in a couple. But uh, that's that's what the difference amounts to. you you're paying more for the privilege of having that extra layer of security. I mean, that that's, that's not to
3: disparage yeah. those two, you know, I mean, they've got gold backing but, you know, and it's quite complex because what Nathan's talking about is real allocated product that's in your name, specifically identified to you, segregated, whereas the gold money in the vaults are really pool allocated. So they've got all the physical gold, back. but, you know, you don't own that specific bar. So there's slight differences and they're not necessarily bad or worse or not, but as I said, it's a Chain of more increasing cost for more and more increasing certainty or title to it. But you know, you just got to weigh up the convenience versus other factors. But yeah, it is important to look at that exact agreement legally and find out what you're getting.
2: Uh, In an
5: an unallocated account, I understand that you're a general claim on that company. So if the company goes bankrupt, you'll be treated as a general creditor and you'll get whatever pennies on the dollar. Remains after the bankruptcy. Yeah. Whereas if the company goes bankrupt and it is allocated, it's yours to begin with, so you're protected
3: from that downside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the point. Yeah. <coughs> yes. The 1.5% storage per is that based on the value
1: at the time of purchase sure. or at the time of the anniversary of the year? No, that's uh, it's, um Monthly, uh, sorry, really? monthly. Uh, monthly average market price. Yeah, monthly average market price. So it will, if, if the gold doubles right after you buy, it, you're going to end up paying 1.5 percent. You know, if, if it doubles and then sits there for the rest of the year, you're going to end up paying 1.5 percent on two times what you put in. It's so. insurance.
6: It's okay, insurance.
1: You say. <coughs> if, you, if you put some, if you take delivery
6: and save the Private. Not institution. Not
3: that so the institution. We I
2: wouldn't yeah. uh, trust it, it's not the market it's not for it's not. this yeah. test you mentioned. In other words, so much good delivery by our goals go into jewelry. Right. I just wonder if a jeweler Discovers that he got a bar which has been tampered with. It's not in his interest to disclose this uh, information to the public. He would go back to the bullion bank, and the bullion bank would pay him to keep his mouth shut. I think. And after all, there are only six bullion banks, so and they are not subject to uh, or very little supervision by. Uh, governments or other organizations, and I don't think uh, it would be below their standard to do a little bit of tampering with these gold bars themselves. After all, <laughs> after all, the reported figures—how much, how, how much of this gold, which exists in good, delivered bar form, is being turned over? The numbers are fantastic. In other words, uh, in every seven days, the whole amount is being turned over, whereas uh, if you compare it with the output of the gold mining industry over the whole world, it, it would be uh, just a, a drop in, in the ocean, the contribution of new gold. So. Traditionally, banks have been known to go for fractional reserve banking. Now, just because they call themselves bullion banks, (laughs) (laughs) they use the the method of tampering with their gold bars, and they know. The six of them yeah, so suppose they know which the buyers uh, yeah. have been tempered with. They're not going to pay it out to jewelers or uh, Perth Mint or wherever. They will keep it. You know that's just their last reserve, just like any any other fractional reserve bank. <laughs> so uh, you know I just have to put the question: mark. Right? It's a matter of trust. Just how much do you? How much faith you put in the promises
1: of those six billion banks? Yes, well I I guess uh, Louis did you want I, I got <laughs>
6: okay. Look, you, you can be skeptical about everything in this market that's for sure, but and the professor may well have a good point, uh, but um I that two things. One is <coughs> if you keep the bar The London good delivery bar that you purchase through BMG or or anyone else in in the sealed sort of good system, eventually you want to sell it. And it's still in the system. So you'll sell it for the full price. You'll sell it for what it's recognized to be. So if it's been tampered with, it's been tampered with, but you know, you won't suffer from that. That's that's just one point. Another point is it occurred to me. Professor, as you were making your comments, that perhaps there's a business opportunity here <laughs> 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 that you buy the 400 ounce gold bar, take delivery, and take it somewhere that they can mint coins with, with it, you know. And and then you you, you, you have your coins and but you've only paid bullion price, you haven't paid the huge markup
1: that uh, the coin sales people in charge. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd answer we get into really we get into uh, philosophy, we get into certainty of knowledge and you know how can we be certain of what our senses are, you know, or the information our senses is giving us. I you know I don't I don't mean to make light of it. Um, the I suspect that even if you took a poll of uh, you know a hundred very very uh, determined gold bugs, probably you know not even one out of a hundred melts down or drills holes through his uh, bars that he purchases to see if there's any. Uh, I mean, it's it's not that it's not that it couldn't you know it's not that you know it wouldn't make any sense to do that. But the problem is at some point you have to. Uh, you know, even in a world full of trickery and treachery, you have to sort of draw a line and say, "Well, you know, I think that this is, you know, accurate and true." Um, the the idea that the bullion banks might be colluding amongst themselves to make sure that no bars ever go out, uh, I think that uh, you know, the larger a conspiracy gets and the more organization that it relies upon, the more. Uh, you know, the, the chance approaches certainty that some clerk, you know, underpaid and not cut in on the deal properly would, uh, <laughs> would, uh, yes. would slip up or maybe maliciously, uh, you know, uh, uh, let uh, a bar be, you know, known that, uh, uh, you know, go out that shouldn't have. I guess, um, you know, what it amounts to is I, I think that although it may be technically possible, it becomes a small enough probability that it's not, uh, not an uh, the thing right. is, Tungsten is,
3: I think, 3,700 melting point. You know, I mean, it's nice to flippantly talk about it, but it's traditionally, from when I talk to our technical guys, it's manufactured and sold in powdered form. You'd have to, like, induction, heat it. It's higher melting point than gold, so you can't pour it into, you know, you've got to make the tungsten bar and then coat it with gold. You know, so it won't look like a real gold bar. And then, as Louis pointed out, ultrasonic testing, electric conductivity, is the way that you would test for that. So I I think it's it's a little thing that's blown out, you know, of proportion. I mean the work to get that to get that done. And it's just easier, Professor, for them to just create virtual ounces than to bother with you know and I mean they can't do that. I mean to to melt something down to three thousand seven hundred melting point to get into a bath forming that's not a job. Boy bank doesn't do that. That have to be in collutes with a refinery. And then what you're saying is the refinery Is then basically gambling its entire reputation. Um, So, uh, yeah. Actually, you know, to me, it's not really. There's an
1: even better. There's an even better answer. What it comes down to is, why on earth would bullion banks go about the tricky and complex and dangerous uh, 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 plan of trying to get wealth by faking gold when they have a license to print wealth uh, through the creation of money? (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and they need, and they actually need the gold uh, market to stay intact because the people smart enough to understand what's going on need to be able to trust that lest they pull the plug on the paper money system. <laughs> so yeah, but
6: you, when, you, when you think this one through and you follow the money, you go back to the point, who's going to benefit from this whole thing? And it's the people who are trying to suppress the price of the gold. They're the ones who are letting this come out. They're the ones who are most likely to benefit from it from a, uh, from from a, a thing, thing called cool a fake, so to speak, the scare. Oh,
1: yeah. scaring people out of yeah. wanting to buy yes. their, Yeah. Mm, yeah, that uh, they yeah. Also, so the Chinese the authorities themselves, they'll probably count yeah. down on like, it. If this was
6: real, they won't want this, this on their reputation, surely. Yeah.
3: Anyway, it's a good thing to buy coins, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I am not. I mean, that's why people buy coins. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot harder. I mean, you know, you think about what I just said about the tungsten. I mean, to try and make a tungsten disc, and mean, you know, this thing is what a gold one-ounce coin is. It's just, in, And then to get the finish on that gold coin, if you know what a normal gold coin looks like, to then be able to stamp that, you know, that's why people buy coins. It's a lot harder to fake. It's a lot more trustworthy. And so, anyway.
0: Sorry, we're going to have to... Sorry, Louis, we're going to have to... Um stop it there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much indeed for coming, and I look forward to seeing those of you who are staying on, um, seeing you tomorrow morning. If there's anybody here who uh, would like to come, even if it's only to one or two of the days of the um, seminar through to Thursday, could they please come and see me now? So, But I I know you're you're thinking of that and you might come because I need to know the numbers for the catering. And before we go, if you'd like to uh, join me in thanking our speakers again today.